Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church located in Walnut Creek, California. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. I'm going to give you five minutes of wisdom. And the reason why I'm only preaching five minutes is because our whole staff today is sharing their wisdom that they harvested in 2021. There's two ways to learn in life, pain and wisdom. Man, I choose wisdom every time if I could. Pain is learning only through your own experiences. And let's just be honest, man, pain is costly. I don't have enough bones in my body to learn from pain. I can't break more bones than I got. And what happens in life is you don't learn from other people. It just holds you back. So I'm hoping today that as you hear from all of our staff, that we went through some painful times this season. We learned, we learned uh, some uh, great things that you would take that wisdom and hopefully it would bless you and propel you to 2022 the way it's supposed to. Does that sound good? So the thing that I harvested in 2021 was the Lord's Prayer. And here's why uh, it's such a big deal to me now. So uh, I didn't realize that I could be so easily spun up. I like to think of myself as cool, calm, collective. You know, I, I'm chill. You know, everything's fine. But as COVID started, I realized that I was weaker than I thought. And it's not a fun realization when you come to the end of yourself and realize, man, I thought I was stronger, but I'm weaker. And prayer became not something I did, it became a lifeline for my soul. And the best way I can say it is, as COVID was going on, if this could be like my heart, my soul, my emotions, um, I would read an article and it would get me out of whack. I'd be upset, I'd be like, oh no, that, oh please, I don't wanna read that right now. And, I, and my soul now is a little off, it's not perfectly. Remember these, Rubik's Cubes, I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and my soul would be a little off and I'd be like, okay, okay, everything's gonna be fine. And I'd bounce it back, okay. And so the very beginning of COVID, I was, I was fine at just being a little off here, a little off here, and I could spin it back real quick and fix everything. But then as COVID went on, I just got blasted from every side. We had just political preferences and um, we had um, medical preferences and then we had all this fear in, in dating us. And then another article would come out of what we're supposed to do. And then another thing would be told of what we're supposed to do. And eventually my soul was so spun up, I didn't know how to get back to just peace. And then I found the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer really is the way that God unspins us. Because what I can say to you is, is I was shocked at how easily I got spun up in 2020 and 2021. But what I was more shocked by was how easily unspun, if I could use that word, I was when I would go to God and I'd pray and he would just bring me back to peace, bring me back to truth. I wanna read you the Lord's Prayer. I wanna show you what it did to my soul and it can do for your soul also, okay? So uh, here we go. Uh, Matthew 6 is what I'm uh, reading out of. Let me get my lappy toppy for you. Uh, Matthew 6, 9. Uh, this is how you should pray, the Lord says. Uh, Our Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So here's what happens. Uh, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now just let me unpack this real quick. I would get spun up when I acted like I was the one in charge. I would get spun up when I thought the political leaders in my county or in the state or nation, wherever you're thinking, was in charge. And then I'd go to the Lord's Prayer, and I'd say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And what that would remind me of, hold on, what is your name? King of kings, Lord of lords, Alpha and Omega. I'm not in charge, they're not in charge, God, you're in charge. And right when I started just digesting that God had everything in the palm of his hands, that he was going to leverage everything in this season for good, I just, I breathed a little different. And my soul, like a Rubik's Cube, would just get calibrated and come back to, okay, it's going to be okay. And then I, I would go on to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Because here's what happens. What, can, you, can we just be honest? 
Everybody's trying to tell you a mission you need to live. Hey, go, you need to go fight for this battle. Hey, you need to fight for that battle. Hey, you need to make sure this is the most important thing in your life. If, if not, then you're a terrible person. Basically what's happening is the world is inundating us with mission after mission of why you're alive. Well, the Lord's Prayer says, your kingdom come, your will be done. And it remind me, my job today is simply this, for God's kingdom to come to me and come through me. All this other stuff that people are telling me to do and how I should operate, no, no, my main purpose is why I'm on this planet, and it would just help me breathe again, is to go love people, tell them about the gospel, impact my world, change the world around me. And if I can change the world around me, I think I can see something special happen. And so I'm going to focus on that today. Oh, it would calibrate my soul again, bring me back to center. And then the next one would be, give us today our daily bread. I don't know about you, but when I come to pray to Jesus, I very rarely ask for help. I usually tell him what to do. <laughs> and I've realized that in 2020 and 2021, I would come to Jesus like, you need to do this, you need to stop this, you need to stop this. No, no, no. Lord's Prayer says, come to God and say, God, I know I need you today. I need help today. I'm insufficient today. My strength is insufficient. My wisdom's insufficient. Uh, my, my own ideas are insufficient. God, would you give me what I need today? Oh, and again, just calibrate me that I'm not gonna be able to do it today without, without my God. Let, let me keep going. I'm almost done and how it calibrated my soul. And forgive us of our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. I don't know about you, but when I pray that prayer, it reminds me of how much mercy and grace I need, that I am not right. Like, will you forgive me, God, because I'm arrogant? Would you forgive me, God, because I'm preference-oriented? Would you forgive me, God, because I've put politics as an idol in my heart, thinking that could change the world? Would you forgive me, God? And as I ask for forgiveness, it starts to give me a lot of grace for other people that think differently than I do. And I start forgiving others. Because one reason I got spun up is I realized how silly people are, how angry people are, how preference-oriented people are, how arrogant and prideful they are. They're just driving me crazy. The more and more I prayed, and the more and more I went for it, this thing that was just all messed up, is I would give it to God, and after I would pray, I would get this back again. And I'd like to tell you that this would be like this for the rest of the week, but it could happen in an hour, and it would go back to this in one hour, and I'd have to pray the prayer again. And sometimes it was every 30 minutes. And what I realized is prayer was not a thing that I would do once in a while. Prayer became everything that was in me all the time. I'd pray in the car. I've heard Charles Spurgeon say this, that if you want to drift away from God really, really fast, stop praying. But if you want to draw near to God, start praying. AK, if you want to get really stressed out, stop praying. You want to have peace again and have your, your soul calibrated, start praying again. Mission Church, I love you. I'm praying that this blessed you. Uh, we got uh, so many good things for you today. I'm just the beginning. It's five minutes. Uh, we got um, Lisa Bolar, our worship pastor, AKA now teaching pastor after you're here. She's going to smash it. Enjoy. Good morning, Mission Church. Lisa Bowler here. I am so excited to share with you this morning. I hope you guys are having a great Christmas weekend with your families. And one of the biggest things that God has been teaching me and speaking to me about in 2021 is worry and anxiety. And you know, when you know a verse in the Bible, but then it just gets really deep in you. And that's what's happened with me this year with Matthew 6.25. And it's when Jesus says, do not be anxious about your life. Such a big statement. And I just picture Jesus looking out at this huge crowd that it says he was speaking to, looking into their faces, knowing their thoughts, and saying with so much love, you don't have to worry. You don't have to be anxious. And I think if Jesus were here with Mission Church today, this morning, he would look out, see our faces, know our thoughts, know the things that we struggle with. And he would also say, 
You don't have to worry. You don't have to be anxious. And we as humans find a lot of things to be anxious about. We've had plenty the last two years with a pandemic, but also in our personal lives. Um, how many of you can relate to just feeling like, am I on track with my life? You know, if you're single, you feel like, why am I not married? If you're married, why don't I have kids? If you have one kid, why don't I have more kids? And just comparing that whole comparison game and we can just spiral. It could be in your career. Just that feeling of like, I'm not where I think I should be or where the world says I should be, success by my own definition. But God's timeline is not our timeline. And Jesus doubles down and says, do not be anxious about your life. So if Jesus says it, we should do it. But how many of you know if you struggle with this, it's not that easy to just stop because somebody says, don't be anxious. But I love that Jesus not only gives us a what not to do, he gives us a what to do. So a few verses down, he says it again. Do not be anxious. And then in verse 33, he says, seek first the kingdom. Do not be anxious. Seek first the kingdom. Do not be anxious. Seek first the kingdom. And that's just like almost a mantra for me this year that I've been trying to put into practice that whenever I kind of spiral into that worry, into that anxiety, to just remind myself, stop, seek first the kingdom. And by loving God and my loving people, God, what do you want me to care about today? Who do you want me to care about today? And one of the fastest ways I've found to just hit that reset button and seek first the kingdom is to worship. Seeking first the kingdom means acknowledging Jesus as king. One of my favorite theologians says, if you have a worry problem, you probably also have a worship problem. So if I'm just spun up with worry, it means that something's tricking me into thinking that maybe God's not in control of this situation or there's something bigger and scarier. And that's just not true. And worship is just one of the fastest ways to just reset and say, no, God, you're in control of my life. You're in control of all of our lives. You're on the throne. And I know even in this, you're working all things together for my good. So Mission Church, I just want to encourage you this morning, if anxiety and worry is a journey that you're on as well, go to Matthew 6.25. Just let it marinate, let it meditate, um, let it sink in and seek first the kingdom. Every day to say, am I loving God? Am I loving people? That's all Jesus wants us to worry about. And he promises that he is going to take care of the rest. So Mission Church, I love you. I can't wait to see you next week. Up next, you're going to hear an amazing word from Pastor Joe Little. Well, what is up, Mission Church? Uh, my name is Joe Little. I'm the youth pastor here at Mission Church. And as I was just thinking about all of the lessons that I learned in 2021, the biggest thing that stood out came out of a verse actually in Romans. And what's happening in Romans is Paul, a character in the Bible, is writing letters to his friends. He's writing letters to people that he cares about. And in Romans chapter one, it says, I thank God through Jesus for every one of you. That's first. People everywhere keep telling me about your lives of faith, and every time I hear them, I thank him. And God, whom I so love to worship and serve by spreading the good news of his son, the message, knows that every time I think of you in my prayers, which is practically all the time, I ask him to clear the way for me to come and see you. The longer this waiting goes on, the deeper the ache. I so want to be there to deliver God's gift in person and watch you grow stronger right before my eyes. But don't think I'm not expecting to get something out of this too. You have as much to give to me as I do to you. And the biggest phrase that I feel like God's just been speaking to me over this past year is make more room. Because the misconception about whether it's serving in ministry or adding things to our lives is that because it feels like there's not any room, well then there's just no room to give. 
But what I love about this is that Paul made room for certain things in his life. He actually put it in his schedule because the first thing that we ask ourselves when maybe someone asks us to whether serve on a team or give something to the local churches, well, let me check my schedule. Well, well, do I have time? But what I love about Paul, what I love about the things that he does is that he shows us that what you prioritize, you make room for. What you actually make a priority in your life, you'll make room, you'll, you'll fit it into your schedule. So there are three things in here that I think that we see Paul really making room for, things that he said, you know what, I'm gonna prioritize. And the first one is he made room to listen. He says, people everywhere keep telling me about your lives of faith. And every time I hear them, I thank him. And God, whom I so love to worship and serve by spreading the good news of his son, the message. And what I've learned about myself is that I make a lot of room to speak my opinions. I make a lot of room to talk. I make a lot of room, whether it's on social media or, or in my own life. But one of the best things that you can give someone, one of the best things you can actually gift someone this Christmas is your undivided attention. People spend the majority of their lives being dismissed. They spend the majority of their lives being ignored, told, hey, your opinion really doesn't matter that much. But what I've learned is that what can change someone's life, what can change someone as we head into the new year is actually knowing, hey, when I get around Joe, when I get around someone from Mission Church, I know I'm gonna be heard. I know I'm gonna be prioritized. So what we have to make room for in our lives is to listen. And another one is Paul makes room to encourage. And he says, the longer this waiting goes on, the deeper the ache. I so wanna be there to deliver God's gift in person and watch you grow stronger right before my eyes. What I love about this is that Paul couldn't be there in person, so he wrote letters. There are many times that we see Paul was either chained or in a situation where he maybe couldn't get to people, but he says, you know what, I'm gonna make room anyway in order to encourage people, in order to let people know that they are loved. He says, oh, how I wish I could be with you, how I wish I could spend time with you, but since I can't, I'm gonna encourage you in another way. Maybe you might not be able to take a couple out to dinner, but can you send an encouraging text? Maybe you can't maybe go to coffee with someone because your schedule won't allow it. Because you send a voice text, could you make a phone call? What I love about this is Paul says, you know what, I might not have room in my schedule to encourage the people that I love, but I'm gonna make room and I'm gonna make it a priority to encourage people. And the last one is, is to pray and to worship. He says, God knows that every time I think of you in my prayers, which is practically all the time. Come on, Paul says he prayed all the time. Every single time you see Paul, he says, I'm praying for you, I'm with you. He, he made room to pray. And he says, I ask him to clear the way for me to come and see you. What I love about Paul is no matter how crazy his life got, he made time to pray and to worship. Paul could be in chains, he could be in prison, but he's always gonna make time to pray and to worship. He could be being flogged, he could be being beaten, and he could have people maybe not saying the best things about him, but he's always gonna make time to pray and to worship. And the question that I had to ask myself was if I'm tired, if I'm burned out, if I feel like things are kind of weighing down on me, the first thing that I have to go to is am I making room to pray and am I making room to worship? The Bible actually says that God refreshes those that refresh others. But what I love about this is refreshment doesn't just come randomly, right? It doesn't just pop up into our lives, but it comes through actually making room for it, actually making room to be refreshed, making room to pray, spending time in my word, making room to worship God and remind myself of how good he is says that God refreshes those who refresh others. So if you need a refreshing, if you maybe feel like things are weighing down, the thing that I would suggest to you is making room, making time in your schedule, taking time every single morning to pray and to worship. So those are the three things that honestly God has been speaking to me is that I have to make room, that I can't just allow things to happen in my life, but I actually have to make room to schedule them to happen. Well, Mission Church, we love you. We're so glad you're here. You get to hear now from one of my favorite uh, communicators, the, my favorite member on staff, uh, the beautiful Paige Little. Enjoy. 
Good morning, Mission Church. My name is Paige Little, and the verse I chose to speak on was Matthew 14, 25 through 28. It says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. A lot of us might know this story already, but the disciples are in the boat. It has been storming. The waves are crazy. And Jesus starts coming to them, walking on water. Um, I've read this chapter before, but this year I noticed something different. And a little bit of a backstory is before this, the disciples had been spending a lot of time with Jesus. Um, the disciples were handpicked by Jesus to leave their families, leave their jobs, um, and just drop everything to follow him. They have been traveling from city to city with him, watching him do miracle after miracle. So they should have a pretty good idea of who Jesus is. Um, and they should be able to recognize him. Um, but still in this moment, while he's walking to them, towards them on water, they are questioning and they are not recognizing Jesus. They thought he was a ghost. And even after that, Jesus reassures them and says, it is me, it is me. But Peter still questioned if it's really Jesus. Um, I think a lot of times we are Peter in this moment. Jesus is right in front of us, but we still don't recognize him. We don't really believe it's him um, in some of our hard situations. We tell ourselves we don't feel or we don't hear God. We don't think he's near us, but really we're just not recognizing him. Uh, I wrote down a few reasons why we might not be able to recognize God. One, honestly, we might not know God well enough. Um, do you ever see someone, you're like, oh, that person, I, I think I remember them. I can't remember where I've met them before. They look, I, I kind of recognize them. Um, I think we haven't spent time with God, enough time with God, and actually got to know who he is, characteristics of him. Um, so it's hard for us to identify him. And how do you get to know someone? You sit down with them, you ask them questions, you learn more about their life. Um, and that's the same thing we need to do with God. Secondly, I put, we aren't looking for God or expecting him. The disciples were out on the boat. They weren't really looking for him. They weren't expecting for him. Um, and I feel like, I know I can get this way too sometimes in life, in my busy schedule. I'll just be going about life until something bad happens or I'm in a tough situation. And then I start worrying and then I turn to God. Um, and thirdly, I put, we aren't positioning ourselves to hear God. Attending church on Sunday isn't enough. Uh, we really need to take all that background noise, um, any distractions that we might have and really focus and try to hear from God. Um, and that happens by positioning ourselves daily to hear from him, getting to know him and building a relationship with him. Then when those hard times come, we won't immediately turn to fear or anxiety or worrying. We'll immediately turn to God, knowing he has been with us the whole time, having peace and turning to faith instead. Um, if someone were to ask you, who is God? How would you answer them? I just want to encourage you, Mission Church, spend quality time with God, get to know Him, position ourselves to hear from God, whether it's worshiping in our car every morning on the way to work, going on a prayer walk, or whatever you may do. Um, you'll never regret ca carving out time in your day to hear from God. So thank you for listening to me this morning. And the next up is the Shane Russell. Hi, Mission Church. Uh, well, uh, yeah, my name's Shane. And the, the main thought I wanted to share this morning is that rest comes from the Lord. Uh, the, the verse that's just been in the back of my mind, basically the, the whole year, uh, is John 15, 4. It says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Um, and this, this verse is just like, it's been in the back of my mind almost every day. And one of the reasons why is, uh, we, we just rented, uh, we've been running a new place this last year and in the backyard, uh, there's actually grapevines along the fence. And so it's like, even if I'm not trying to think about this verse, the second I go into my backyard, like I'm reminded, um, but it's so helpful because I go into my backyard, I look at these vines and I'm like, oh, like, that's what he's talking about. He's the vine, and I'm the branch, and it's, I get it now, Lord. Um, and for me, the, you know, these, these visuals are just super helpful to, to be able to understand things a little better, right? He, he's the main vine. He's the main part um, of, the, of the, the great vine, and I'm just this little branch that needs to be connected to him, right? Um, and I don't know how, how your year has been, but we, we've been busy, right? We started out... Um, at our little kind of sketchy but kind of cool studio at the beginning of the year. Uh, and then we moved to, to back to in-person on Saturday nights at Walnut Creek Press. And then just these, these last few months have been so special, being back in person Sunday mornings at Shadelands. Um, and it's just, it's been such a great time. But for me, right, my thoughts are just always going, right? I'm always thinking about how do we make things better, uh, you know, lights and sound and all this kind of stuff. Now we have uh, HQ, right? So it's the same thing. Like, how do we make this as great as it can be, right? How do, how do we, even the systems, right, and emails and all this kind of stuff. And so my mind is just always going. Um, and, and when I get home, like, it's, it's something I have to be intentional about, right? I, I got to turn those things off, spend time with my family, my beautiful little baby Lainey. Um, but sometimes, right, like it just, it, it, it's hard to do, right? And I'll try to, you know, put on some TV, right? Let's watch Netflix for a couple hours. But I don't know about you, uh, but for me, like it literally doesn't help, right? Like I'll, I'll put on a show and then somehow the whole evening goes by. I'll turn off the TV and I'll stand up. And it's like my mind is in the exact same place that it was. I, I still got all these thoughts going on. I still kind of feel the stress. Um, and, and the whole point of this is just that, that nothing else works, right? If you need rest for your soul, the only place you can go is Jesus, right? And, and all these other things, you know, they're nice, right? You can watch a show. Maybe you like reading. I don't. Um, maybe, you know, you like going on long walks, you know, on the beach, but uh, and yeah, again, like none of those things are bad by themselves, but without uh, Jesus, right, they, they don't do it. They don't bring rest to your soul. And so I, just, I hope this encourages someone today. Um, I don't know what your year's been like. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you're tired. Maybe, maybe you're burdened and, and maybe just the, the weight of this year, you feel it and it's heavy. I, I hope, would you, hear the, would you hear the invitation today? Jesus is saying, come and be with me and find rest for your soul. Um, his word says, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, I hope that helps someone today. Mission Church, I love you. And next up, we have Pastor Tiffany. Good morning, Mission Church. My name is Tiffany, although your kids may argue that my name is actually Pastor Sparkles. And if there's one thing to know about me, it's that I love to have fun. In fact, when I was a kid, I would always say the same prayer every night before I went to bed. I would always pray that the following day would be fun, fun, fun. Not just one fun. I don't want just like a little bit of fun. I want it to be fun, fun, fun. And I learned very early on that the best way to maximize your fun is to have a plan. Because sure, we can go see a movie, 
But with a little bit of planning, we can go to dinner first and then see a movie. Maybe grab some ice cream, hit up that ice skating rink. And, you know, honestly, I mean, really, Disneyland is only a couple hours away. I will never forget the day that my mom sat me down and explained that not every day was going to have an amazing plan. I um, was appalled. Honestly, I just couldn't believe it. You mean to tell me that some days are going to be boring and we're not going to do anything about that. Honestly, I still feel the same way. I love to have a good plan. But you know what they say, man plans and God laughs. A couple years ago, two years ago, at about this time, I felt like the Lord was leading me to leave my job. And it was a good job. It was really secure. I'd been there for a long time. I had an amazing team, but I just kept feeling like the Lord was pressing on my heart that I was supposed to go to the land that he was going to show me. Now, as you can imagine, as a planner, I didn't love that idea right off the bat. There was a lot of, um, okay, I hear you, Lord. I hear you, but uh, just spitballing here. What if you show me the plan first and then I go. Uh, he did not go for it. So after a lot of prayer, I ended up leaving my job and then COVID shut the world down. So my guess is that we could spend hours swapping stories about all of the plans that COVID has thwarted. And I don't know about you, but for me, there have been some moments in this last season where I just find myself turning into this little ball of anxiety. I'm just trying to figure things out. I'm trying to fix things. I'm trying to make a plan. And then when that doesn't work, I'm trying to make another plan, another plan. I'm just trying to come up with a solution. I don't know if you've ever seen a baby like try to build a block tower. You know, it's just like a lot of like hitting pieces together and screaming, baby. Uh, but in those moments when I just found myself stressing out, the verse that the Lord kept bringing me back to is Psalms 121. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I lift up my eyes. I look up. I look at him. I shift my focus. I shift my focus from my circumstances to my Savior, from my storm, from my problems, from my planning to the Father, to the one who can say to the wind and the waves, be still, to the one who walks on water and walks through fire, who parts the seas, who shuts the mouths of lions, the one who created the heavens and the earth and holds everything in the palm of his hands. I was driving a couple months ago, and it was one of those times when you're like driving kind of on autopilot because your mind is somewhere else completely. And I was just thinking and stressing and thinking and stressing and probably planning. And I just felt that prompting from the Holy Spirit to look up. And I remember when I shifted my focus back, I realized I was driving in the midst of the most amazing sunset. Now, here's the deal. I'm not really a nature type person. Um, if you're looking for someone to go on a hike with you, I am not your girl. If you're looking for someone to meet you for brunch, after your hike, hit me up. We can make that happen. But there are moments when creation is just so awe-inspiring. It really makes me stop in my tracks. 
I remember pulling my car over to the side of the road and just staring because what I was witnessing was so magnificent, it took my breath away. And I started thinking about all of the paintings and artistic interpretations of sunsets. You know, that's a, it's a common thing to paint at your uh, paint and sip, but there was nothing, nothing that I had seen that compared to what I was witnessing. It's just so much better when he holds the paintbrush. Mission Church, the fact that I am right here with you right now is a plan that I never saw coming. A couple months ago, when Pastor Tyler called me, I was living and working in San Diego, and the idea of booming was nowhere on my radar. And in a matter of three weeks, I found myself and all of my belongings here in Walnut Creek. But I just have to say, honestly, when God writes the story, it's so much sweeter and so much more breathtaking than anything I could have planned for myself. I am so honored and excited to be here with you. It says in Isaiah 43, 1, Fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. So my prayer for 2022 is that no matter what comes our way, we would continually lift up our eyes and remember that the one who holds the world in his hands is holding us. I love you guys. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a wonderful new year. Here's Pastor Rachel. Good morning, Mission Church. It is such a privilege to be able to share with you this morning. I'm Rachel. I wanna start with a question. Has anybody listening ever experienced any feelings of fear or anxiety or any negative thoughts? Raise your hand. And if you're being honest, I'm not there to actually see you, but if you're being honest, we can probably all be raising our hands right now. So about 10 years ago, I overnight and just like inexplicably started developing this intense, massive fear of flying. And because of the nature of what we do, I very regularly found myself sitting in a plane seat, eyes closed, jaw clenched, sweaty fisted, heart palpitating, just waiting for it to be over. And I'm not somebody to say no to something or to not do something because of fear. I would always push through, but neither did I wanna live with this just debilitating fear for the rest of my life. I knew something had to change. It was just totally irrational. So I prayed to God and I asked him, God, please remove my fear. Just, just get rid of it in an instant. Let it be gone, please God. And I didn't really wanna learn something from it. I just wanted it to be gone. Well, God did answer my prayer and he did take away my fear, but it wasn't instantaneous. He took me on a journey through his word. And my journey was really long, it took years, but I wanna share just a little bit of that journey with you this morning. So if you know me, you know that I document like pretty much everything. I'm always taking videos and pictures. It's just kind of the way I'm wired. And I started in an attempt to sort of distract myself from this irrational fear, I started to film my takeoffs and landings when I was on the plane and time-lapse them. And something incredible happened while I was just staring at that little screen and like trying to focus on it and make sure that I was capturing what I was seeing. I actually started to see what was on the other side of that screen for the first time. I started to see what I had been missing because I was 
so fearful and my eyes were closed. I actually started to marvel at this beautiful, miraculous sight that I was seeing sunrises and sunsets and clouds. And it was just, it was, it was miraculous. It was marvelous. I started processing that that you know, previous generations had never experienced. This thing that I was so privileged to experience, I could actually see the earth from above the clouds. Like, what a miraculous thing. And the fascinating thing that happened is, as my thinking started changing about what was happening, I found that my emotions changed too, from fear to wonder and awe, and then even to gratitude. And I realized in that moment that my emotions, they had no intellect. They followed my thinking. Many of us know the verse in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. But how exactly are our minds renewed? How does this happen? Our salvation is accomplished in a moment. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved but your ongoing sanctification or becoming like Jesus, this is a process that is long, it's arduous, and it'll never stop until we get to heaven. So after overcoming my fear of flying, I did a deep dive in scripture to find out what the Bible says about a renewed mind and how we get it about renewed thinking. And I wanna share a few verses that guided me on this journey of my mind being renewed. Philippians 4, 8, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Joshua 1.8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Think about it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Colossians 3.2, set your mind on things that are above. Set your mind on those things, not on things that are on earth. And I could go on and on and on with scripture, but I started to see how scripture was full of references to training your mind, of taking captive your thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I realized that if I didn't take my thoughts captive, they were gonna take me captive. So I started thinking about the way that I think for the first time, really. And I realized that in addition to this fear of flying, I had a ton of other anxious and negative thoughts that were kind of always swirling in my head. And I would fixate about worst case scenario and things that could go wrong throughout the day. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. If you notice, the Psalms are very repetitive. David is repeating to himself who his God is, uh, what God has done for him on his behalf in the past, and what he knows God will do on his behalf in the future. And he's giving us this framework for how we're supposed to train our thought life as well. I started going on walks and I started marveling at the nature God had created and how much of him I could see in it. Psalm 19:1, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Psalm 143:5, I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I started thinking about the things in my life that I was so grateful for, rehearsing them over and over and over, meditating on them, fixating on them even. And I discovered in my studies that as you repeat actions and thought patterns, the brain is actually making new pathways for you to make those things easier. So if you're constantly focused on negativity or on everything that could go wrong, your brain is literally rewiring itself to make it easier for you to think those negative and anxious thoughts. And if you're constantly repeating thoughts of gratitude and joy, your brain is rewiring itself 
to make it more easy for you to be grateful and joyful. Scientists and psychologists are just discovering what God already knows because he made you and he made your brain. He designed you the way he designed you and he knows how your brain works and he's given you the Bible as a blueprint for how to live well and how to flourish. So I started treating my thought life similarly to how you would work out your body. First Timothy 4, 7, train yourself to be godly. Training revolves repetitive motions to become stronger, to build muscle. And as you repeat that lifting, that lifting gets easier and easier. Paul is telling Timothy, life is not going to get easier. You have to get stronger. And here is how you do it. So this simple breakthrough I had with flying, I'm learning to let God use it to reshape and renew my thinking and my emotions in just pretty much every area of my life. It was a long, slow process, but after years, I can tell you that my thoughts and emotions are different. I respond differently. I'm a more joyful person. I'm a more grateful person. And honestly, it flows out of me so much more easily. Sometimes I pray to God for freedom for fear. I've done that in my past. And sometimes he has answered that prayer immediately. And I believe that he can do that. And he does do that. But I've come to appreciate these non-immediate breakthroughs that take time, I think just as much or maybe even more, because a renewed mind and emotions that come about because of, of your thinking being changed over time, it's perhaps become even more precious to me than an immediate breakthrough that maybe I learned nothing from. And I can tell you the views are really beautiful on the way. So Mission Church, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it helped you. Happy New Year. We love you. We can't wait to see you back in person next week at Shadelands, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Thanks again for listening to the Mission Church podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Bay Area, we invite you to come join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at missionchurchca.com. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.